My love, I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. And have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. First of all, let's take a collective deep breath. And can you tell us who you are and why you're here? Hello. I am, <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm, ask it again. We're going to cut and start again. No, it's great. <laughs> I don't have an issue with my identity. What it is, is I have a lot of titles and a part of my presence introduction includes every part of my title. And that has been a learning for me because culturally names were, can you hear that ding? It's fine. It's Facebook, though. I'm going to quit. Um, Get out of there, Facebook. Get out. No. <laughs> Especially after all the stuff Mark's been saying. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, his alignment to, like, censoring people, uh, he is a mess. Oh, I, I'm, I, like, I'm literally never on Facebook, so I don't even, I have no idea what's going on. Can you talk to us about that? Oh, my God. Facebook is where I put most of my... Cause Instagram has that cap on captions. And so, and it, the editing bothers me cause it's like the idea of making that point so dense and then hoping no one comments by the time you put it to continue into comments gives me anxiety. Right. right. Um, it gives my skin anxiety. So not my soul, but my skin definitely goes through it. I'm like, I just want to time this right. Yeah. And it's never timed right. And we all need spaces to read things clearly. So Mark Zuckerberg uh, released a statement that Twitter's um, actions, we can pull this up, but Twitter's actions um, on, on Trump censoring Twitter, or the willingness to censor Twitter, yeah. like he was kind of like, well, they shouldn't be sending out false facts or something. It's like all Facebook is, wow. is like weird. Um, people have the agency on Facebook to make legit hate groups and you cannot get this hate group shut down. But if you're a black person or a person of color or a person of trans um, LGBTQ TIA identity, your entire like shit can get locked out. And so what happens with the name giggle is you've known me at all of my names. So audience, what I was laughing at, I was like, Alexa knows all my, she doesn't know she knows, but she knows all my names. But if I was, you know, but if I was a, if I if I identified and repatterned my entire existence with a trans name, yes, you would you would accept it. But it's a matter of it's like I have a moment because my names have changed due to my spiritual aptitude, and my names have changed due to my position and training. And it's kind of like when a person does like the Kundalini walk, they like change their name. But none of my names are appropriated. But I'm just saying that I have to include now 
radiant Raja because it reminds me to show up as the person who is channeling, the person who is um, empathically body connected to whomever he's speaking with, the person who is in spirit a little deeper. Leo Rising was my yoga and meditation identity. And then Leo Rising went from a lot of physicality to direct meditation and then the meditation people i've never asked them to just started referring to me as raja raja and i was like oh you can't run away from yourself and so the giggle was like my mother's chosen name for me and i'm all these names and i was like oh alexa has access to all of them that's funny (laughs) i'm so honored to bear witness to that and you said very astutely that we can't run away from ourselves and um isn't it wild that that's what most of us are trying to do all the time? Yeah. I mean, even it's a lot. Cause it's like, oh, okay. And I just Googled it while we were on the wait and I'll stop doing that. No, I'm so into it. You know, real me. And I don't know if your audience can ha- handle a fiery air sign. Like I'm going to be, I think everywhere. my savages can. Facebook employees revolt over Zuckerberg's hands-off approach to Trump. So to sum sum that up, Zuck was like, oh, leave Donnie alone. And his employees like, you know what, for once, fuck you. (laughs) Damn. Well, good. I mean, again, I feel like this is the time where we're all, um, you know, we've talked about this time of pandemic as being a time where we can't go out. So we have to go in, which is why it's a, it's a pressurized system right now, which is, I think, while why this other pandemic of injustice of separation is also occurring because we can't go out. So we have to go in. We have to start looking at the stuff and, you know, the people at Facebook are no different. Like they're, they can't go out. So they have to go in too. Like they're seeing all these falsehoods and horrible things happen. And it's like, we can't let this shit slide anymore. And I think that that's where we are globally and we need to rise to the occasion and we need to not keep running away from ourselves. I hope y'all took that moment too. I I take moments when someone says something that needs, that's offered as a seed and I just figure out where it's going to get planted. You make me want to cry. (laughs) I mean, but doesn't the seed need water? So wouldn't it be okay for you to cry? It's like. That's exactly what's happening. (laughs) It is happening. (laughs) But my, my thing, my, not my thing, my observance is people don't know that they can do that. And I love to call them an audience because my first world is theater and film and my passion for these random characters that these real people played that my quest was where can I find that in my body not how can I be like them it's like where the hell is that in this thing I've always known that like I'm some sort of install in my body and then I watch the art and dance and martial arts. I'm like, where did that come from? Like, how does that hit do that? Where does it live in me? Where does it live in me? And everyone that ignored that question is now, you know, amongst the, the yogis and the, the mobility coaches. I love that the mobility coaches are like, we're not a yoga teacher. 
but that's a whole other talk. I'm like, I love my brothers, but okay. But I, I, know, I know I, I insulted one actually inviting. Oh, me on a pod. No, it was bad. Oh, I, was like, oh. yeah, I like called them that. And they were like, Oh yeah, no. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't do come that. on my podcast. No big deal. No, but it's like, like I said earlier with Radiant Raja, like accepting that that's now part of the title, right? And that the titles need to be respected. And, but it is giggly, right? We have the moment. But when you go inside, you get to make those distinctions and re-offer it to the world. And what I'm noticing is, and it's not on trend, it's like we can say everyone's going inside and you and I are coming from a place of positioning them to be able to do that, but they don't, they're, they're lacking so many fundamental skills to be able to handle it. Right. And something about handling it requires dealing with the reasons why. And we're on the podcast because the reasons why I have to deal with social, um, emotional manipulations that exist in like direct interaction, direct interaction in learning, in parenting, in sharing space at camp, like, and just being a social person, whether you're identified introvert or extrovert, even though everyone's stuck in their house, their opinions from the world that they lived in are stuck there with them and they're either growing or dissolving painfully. Right. Everything, I was talking about this the other day, that really everything that happens to us, um, whether exquisite or excruciating, is either a vehicle for progress or a vehicle for regression. Mm-hmm. And I find that the polarization between those two is really, really vast right now. Could you talk more on that? Yeah. Like, I feel like we're either really in progress or we're really stuck in our ways right now. And I feel like that expansion is really in contrast in huge like differentiation from the people that are staying stuck in their ways. Like talking about how this time of pause is making us go in. Some people are going out, like they're drinking, you know, excessively or Mm -hmm. they are And like, please, I, I love a good cocktail. So no judgment, but like at the same time, it's like, what's the, what's the intention behind this? Am I trying to get more close to my spirit or am I using this quote unquote spirit to check the fuck out of my spirit? you know, or like the people that are not willing to have the uncomfortable conversations or the people that are not willing to look at their stuff right now, you know, they're staying, they're using this catapult, this, this time as a time of regression rather than progression. Oh, um, if you guys heard me say, ow, it's because one of my, uh, psychic indicators went off which is a good thing. (laughs) So physically, since we're talking about going in, um, my left upper, uh, it's not a molar, it's not a cavity, but my left upper jaw uh, clicked in. Left side's feminine energy. Left side for a male-identified body is when that sort of pain, it's like not receiving what the feminine is saying, like not, or, or, it being bitey. So for me, I was like, Ooh, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Cause hard for me. Hello. Yeah. The, one of the first things I saw at the top of the stay at home order, um, cause fuck it. Like I identify being psychic as fuck. And it was two days before the Thursday that 
the dumbbell, like all the gyms closed. It was on a Thursday that the gyms closed. And I was like, I need to get dumbbells. <laughs> and so I go to, I can't remember the name of the store, but it was like a notch down in presentation from like a, a, a models, but the logo was blue. And the first thing I saw was men buying guns, straight seeming men, yes. looking at, all in camouflage, buying guns. And let's see, this is June. So that wasn't May, that was April. That was like March. I think I, hit up, I put it on my Instagram stories. Like I just can't get behind the gun buying. Um, because for, for me, a black male, I was like, they're preemptively assuming, and they're also, maybe they're the looters. Now the word is loot, right? But right. in my head, I was like, anyone choosing to buy guns today instead of going to Trader Joe's, which was stocked from the get. So shout out Trader Joe's. Amen. Um, but I was like, anyone choosing to f- really feel like they need to arm themselves has watched way too much zombie television. Yeah. And they're placing their own psyche at danger to then will result in them harming other people. And so the stay inside order with people not taking care of themselves or, or, or at least taking the free skills at this point, the internet has a lot of free skills. Yeah. And struggling to handle them because the truth is me and you have struggled to be where we're at. Like this shift wasn't easy. So it's like the idea of not even starting. It's like, you're getting the the empathic yoga teachers and meditation teachers in their human moment where they're like, what, why can't you just try? Like we all cried. (laughs) Right. Right. I was, I was talking to my mother about it yesterday. She said that when COVID broke out, gun sales went up 30%. Like everybody did. I mean, if this doesn't tell you about the fear-based society that we're living in, like we have all got to get it the fuck together. I'm living, I'm yeah. living for your handle right now. Is that a Swiffer? It's a Swiffer. <laughs> <laughs> you make me want to, you make me want to grab things to move some of the energy because it's like, even if we're not articulating it, like certain things are percolating. And so I just think there's going to be a chunk that'll be quite powerful when we get to the chunk. But I was like, I need to grab things. Get it, babe. I, um, I became acutely aware of some of the energy that I give off the other night. I had a medicine journey the other night mm-hmm. and, um, it was so in my body. I could feel literally every single thing, every word, every vibration moved through my body. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm one of those freaky people. (laughs) So for anyone that uh, I don't think all of you are going to get visuals, right. But what she's saying is, um, well, what I know to be true and what I've learned in theater pedagogy, specifically the, uh, Del Arte training really enforced it. And some Fitzmaurice tremor work enforced it. The human body has a, like a middle, middle nerve system. You can call it the polyvagal system. It speaks to all, all the nerves. Right. And when you bond with someone, whether it's, it's easier in person, but like, I've already know what she feels like in person and my body remembers what she feels like in person. And we're having a very deep talk and we're wanting to go a particular place with the talk. And so earlier statement made me squirm. And so now I'm like wiggly. And now she's saying like, yeah, I'm wiggly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm wiggly. I'm the fucking wiggliest. Um, the gun sales to gun sales at the top of this to making to what's going to make, making it to what's going on today. It's like, I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm black <laughs> and 
none of the people who are in these protests are blessfully so, prayerfully so, continue to be protectively so, being caught or arrested with firearms on them, but they're being reprimanded by people who have assault rifles. And yeah, it's their job. So for anyone who's on this listening um, moment journey with us, don't tune out because it seems that we're not pro whatever that amendment is. I don't care to name it. I really don't know at the moment. Um, I'm pro safety. I'm pro martial interest and martial study and martial arts. I'm not pro being so scared and prejudiced that you arm yourself. I'm just not, I'm not for it. And I grew up in the hood. So that tells you all you need to know. Like I actually grew up, I split half of my life in what's considered a hood. And I wasn't around people who flaunted the fact that they had guns. Right. An entire project building did not flaunt that. That wasn't something they used on their community. And I'm living in a very white space in, in Los Angeles. I'm not telling y'all where. You're not coming for... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm living in a very white space in Los Angeles. And on a day where I was inspired to get dumbbells, I saw the dumbest shit I could ever see. Boom. And they all looked at me, the black guy, and I'm like, yeah, okay, girl, we'll see about that. Yeah, exactly. But it's scary. Well, and the, the thing is, is that amendment was created when to actually shoot someone, you could shoot one thing at a time. It like took time. Like you had to like powder it. You had to like fill the keg. It was like a whole experience. It wasn't like an AR-15 where you could blow away 30 people in four seconds. Do so you see why I was squirming? I don't even know what an AR-15 is and she does. I mean, that's, that's it though. Like we don't need assault rifles. We don't need assault rifles. Oh, that's the full name. That's yes. the acronym of assault rifle. Yes, AR. Also, I did know what it was. Yeah, you totally did. I just need a moment. In an assault rifle, because it's like, why are we blowing away this many people? This is not, A, it's not a combat zone. B, a combat zone. And that's debatable whether or not you need a freaking AR or whatever in a combat zone. But like, I would hope I would hope that if someone needed to shoot somebody like to save their own life, it would be because they a really needed to, and it would be deliberate. It wouldn't be, I'm going to like blow this whole place up. I don't know because I feel like people do do deliberate acts. They're just acts aren't like your verbiage of deliberate, of deliberate self-defense yeah. can be re-rationalized to someone who's prejudiced and racist and fear-based. Yes. And they could, they could genuinely feel like it's, that it's their right to have done what they did. Like what just occurred with Ahmaud Arbery is like those men in their bubble feel that their deliberate act is justified because they exist in a bubble that allows them to be apathetic to yeah. a particular kind of people and that equips them to place their fear as a shield and righteous. Yeah. And it's for them, it's real. Wow. Like, it's not like, I don't think that people are evil. I think people manipulate the good, the good bowels and consonants that could build a healthier intent. So I'm, I'm taking a moment y'all, cause I know we are all over the place. Like the way the mind communicates with all spirit is stuff comes in, you hear what you want to hear, but given your um, social circumstances, who raised you, your habitat, and then how you want to, I'm going to say, I, I don't know if I use this word yet, how you want to fuck. And this is important, right? Cause that's the second chakra. And the second chakra is where racism can settle and spread. Racism affects the root chakra, but it 
spreads from the second. It cannot survive in the heart. It cannot survive in the heart. And the only thing it can activate in the third chakra, your core, your power is fear. Right. And you can get very far with fear, but then you do stupid shit. Like you kill an unarmed man or, an unarmed, or a pregnant woman. Too many pregnant black women are dead by police officers' hands. You, I, why is a police officer entering someone's home and killing them in their home and then trying to get off when it's like, oops, mistake? Like you're, what is your programming that you feel like that that's just an oops, mistake moment? Thank you for showing me one of my blind spots. We talked about blind spots the other day. Yeah. And you're so right that deliberate means different things to different people. And it has to do with the whole system, which is part of why this is such a deep rooted issue. I was talking the other day about this is such a power issue. Carolyn Mace was talking about the archetypes and how in America, the archetype of, of America is rebelliousness. It's entrepreneurial, but there are two very polarizing archetypes in this culture. And one is the slave and one is the master. Mm -hmm. And in order for the master to survive and to feel power, they need to feel more powerful than other. Mm -hmm. And it's not real empowerment. It's not real power because it is fear-based, A. B, it's, it's squirmy, oh, it like makes me shake, um, because it depends on the oppression of other. And the basis of it is, is that if I empower you, then that disempowers me. Mm -hmm. Versus we can all stand in our fucking power and there's enough for everybody and lack mentality is not a thing and we're safe to be in our own individual power. Mm -hmm. And I, it just makes me want to shake everybody and like make everyone do this work and like go do ayahuasca in the fucking woods and like realize that it has nothing to do with anyone else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shake your stuff up again. Please. I'm gonna start with the joke. You said I want to shake everybody, and the Swiffer started falling. Like my apartment moved. <laughs> I, love it. I was like, okay, go ahead, Supreme. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, you touched on the transformational power of like meditina, like herbal medicine. Yeah. Ayahuasca, and. I actually talked to a group that I had sat with and, but I talked to the people that are, uh, they're black. They're like black Latinx and then just black. And I was holding space for them because the group that we sat, sat with is of course very white. And that paradigm of healing is governed by very white people who are gatekeepers of it and who are open to a, That's such a psychic experience that to sit in that space and to be able to be like, yeah, I had this, but when this energetically came up, it wasn't mine. Like I still had 14 white people that were like, how's his trip going to go? Mm. And then this sometimes authentic, sometimes inauthentic moment of 
like, is he going to say the thing I think all black people think about me? That they're enraged, that they're upset, that they're uncomfortable. And then again, <clears throat> for anyone that's experienced, it's a very telepathic space to know that they can't handle it. Wow. Black people are constantly in a predicament, whether you know they're elevated in consciousness or just in their root third and, and movement, their second, and in their heart, but they're just in their body where we're constantly navigating. These people aren't going to ask the right question. And they also can't handle the answer. And we know that from observation. So I want to go back to when you were talking about like the archetypes from Carolyn Miss, who is a white woman, phenomenal teacher, but this is the point. Yeah. Carolyn Miss um, or Meese can... I've heard it pronounced like every way, honestly. Mace, Miss, Meese. I know, but like, she's like, you know what? This is um, my empowerment moment. (laughs) So she can correct me later. (laughs) Um, Because I really struggle with her name sometimes. But... Her teachings have been such an aid to me, but I had to back out when I looked at her audience and I recognized there's a reason why there aren't a lot of people of color, a lot of black people specifically studying her. And it's nothing about how she, what she's offering as much as it's just this people in that space take up so much space and talk about issues that are sometimes universal and sometimes just articulated very white and culturally white yeah and that can be not awesome for black people yeah and then the last thing you said within that was the slavery mentality based in america and the master mentality and it's like some white people specifically white women only understand abuse of power when it pertains to and this is not comparison to diminish it, but this abuse of power pertains to something of toxic heterosexual. Well, I don't even want to limit it to heterosexuality because these men, these toxic men will fuck anything and they just take what they want and they violate these bodies and they hurt these spirits and these minds. And even some of those white women who have only had that experience with white men cannot process due to social emotional conditioning the pain of black people and they are on my Facebook and they're in my DMS. And before this was a conversation again, I have counseled them on their harm and their hurt. And now this is the conversation they're skipping over to like really weird rhetoric. And it's like, you have completely been traumatized by the effects of capitalism and white supremacy. And you are challenging a black person's point of view on their concern for their safety. And it's like, and this isn't, please make sure you heard it's not all women, but there's a sect of people within the spiritual community that have done some work and read some books and they still don't respect that they're making a phys- physiological and lower psychological choice to ignore what, what someone says is their experience. But then the hashtag of like believe survivors, black people are survivors every day. Black women the statistics on black women, I'm not going to give you proper numbers, but it's higher than any, anything you're concerned about going on in the world. Yes. Triple, quadruple, six, six sextuplet for a black woman, especially. And then the only thing that goes under that is black trans woman. Then the only thing that goes under that is underage black man, because black men don't make it to adulthood very often. And then you get everybody else. But that's not to say like my struggle's worse than yours. It's to say that you're not helping my struggle as much as you're focusing on yours. 
Thank you. I don't know how, I'm going to be podcast honest. I don't even know how to accept thank yous for this because I'm thankful to be alive every day. I don't know how to accept thank you for that sort of information. I'm just, you, you know, you asked me to be like really transparent. Like, I don't yeah. know the amount of thank yous that are in my DMs and on my, co- like, I'm like, what the fuck are you thanking me for? I don't know what, you're welcome that I'm hurting. You're welcome. And this isn't at you, but I just, I don't know how it's to accept okay if it. Is. It's okay if it is anyway. But, you, but it's not you. I mean, thank you for holding the space for white women that you're not. <laughs> you know, like you're holding space for girls and women that I hope understand that. Why do y'all got to, why do y'all feel like it, it's, thank you. I'm sorry. You know, Hopono Ono is wonderful, but like, I want my heart to be heard, not the struggles near my heart to be heard. I want my dreams to be funded. I want my art to be noticed. I want the quirkiness about my art to be considered. I don't want to be thanked for surviving again to then remind someone that I deserve to be alive. This is a time where if you are white and you are not listening deeply, you have gravely fucked up. Yeah. And you know, as human beings in general, we all want to be understood. That's one of the things that makes us feel on a, on a physiological and on a psychological level mm-hmm. that there's intimacy is that we feel understood. And to think that this entire group of people walks around the planet every day and feels so not understood because we are uncomfortable. It's like we can't listen because it makes us uncomfortable. But is it understanding always? I think that's a layer of it. I think we yeah. can't, I think yeah. we can't find progress until we, we understand. It's interesting. Cause I get stuck on, um, cause that's a really valid and great point that I feel like exists for many people. But as you were saying it, coming from the space we just had, right? That moment we just had, I'm like, is it understanding that the ilk of black people I'm around, that I'm in supportive group sex and nourishing group sex, is it understanding? Now, how's there, mm, there have been times in my life where the only people that were around were my white friends and they served their purpose. They're not dismissed, but I mean like, those were the friends I had and they didn't understand me. And so I was looking for understanding. And I was speaking with them, but it was turning into speaking at them because they didn't have the skills. And it was before 2010. And these conversations just weren't a thing. Like 2001 to 2000, I'm 32. So middle school to high school, like we weren't talking exactly like this. But when when I hear understanding, I don't think the term is fully triggered. I think of the times when I look for understanding in the wrong places about who I am and what I deserve to experience in life. And my hope is for all Black people people of color, all people, is that you, are, you can get to a point of understanding that 
you understand you, God understands you, your ancestors understand you. And when you're clear about that, the right others, whoever others will be, the other cultures, the other tribes will understand you too. But you can't seek, like, I hope no one thinks that me, Alexa and I, you and me are on this call because we want to understand each other. Like we're taking the opportunity to just be like, no, let's talk about it and see what happens. I don't need Alexa to understand me. I understand my relationship with her. She understands a lot more of her relationship with me. What black people want to really believe is that the intelligence that white people place at such a high regard is working for them, not being weaponized to deliberately not listen to us. I'm at 32 in 2020. I don't feel misunderstood as much as I feel deliberately avoided, deliberately erased and moved out of the picture, deliberately attempted to be controlled. That's, that takes understanding. That takes comprehension. That takes skills and tactics. And that's not an easy conversation. And then you have people with your heart who's like, well, do I have to ingest that for 12 other of my white sisters? Maybe ingest it for your ancestors and your nearby aunts who are still perpetuating some really toxic shit and you work it out. And so y'all, if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm saying what she can do is understand she might come from a, 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 a bloodline that has toxic traits. I do. But she has virtues that are seeking to transmute them for her daily experience. That's one of those seeding moments where I don't say anything, right? So does that mean I can't be her friend because going home to her, her family might kick up a bunch of shit for other people? Not if I do my work, Alexa does her work, and we're just there to enjoy the meal. We know we have a deliberate reason for showing up, and we know when we're leaving, right? Yeah. And for a lot of y'all, and this is like upper level, you're lucky she's my friend because there are a few of y'all in my DMs asking me these questions. I would not give you these answers, so you're lucky she's my friend. Um, these are the questions. This is how you need to approach your black friend. Like, how do I navigate this with you? Not how do I gain your trust? Because the moment you say that, we don't trust you. And the moment you show fake allyship, we're done with you, especially when, we're, when we, our traumas are refigured, re, are re-triggered, it's done. What have you shown me along the way that I can sit with you on a podcast and be with you? What have you shown me along the way that if something goes down, I'm there? How, how much of the understanding of who I am has already been shown in your actions and in how you speak about me to others? And I'm saying me, but I mean like, white person to black friend, black friend to white person. Like, what have you done along the way before this stuff surfaces? Because folks are now, a lot of white people are going for the intellectual moment. I was like, well, now we're all being divisive and I don't like it. Because you were always treating your black friend, your black family member as an other. Because if you weren't, you would, you would know exactly how to show up. And why do you treat it as other? Because your money will get fucked up. Because the dude with the good dick, the chick with the like, you know what I mean? Like somebody's not, somebody that you desire is not going to want you because in your conditioning, deep in your conditioning, deep in your observance of yourself, it's concerning, it's problematic, it's, 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 it's atraumatic, like it's the moment before drama. It's a lot. 
The DM still going. <laughs> I'm not upset about you, that, but I don't must, know how to navigate them. Well, and you must be exhausted. I'm not exhausted because I'm a teacher. I'm not exhausted because I facilitate healing and I'm not exhausted because I trust my relationship to God and nobody gets sent to me without being vetted by their ancestors and mine. I are a very powerful being. I get fucking blown out. (laughs) I get blown out by shit. So I can't imagine. (laughs) I'm not exhausted, but I am aware that I have the potential to overpour. And I am aware that I took this call because <clears throat> there are certain things I want to say once. And there are certain things that I don't want to worry about how I'm saying them. So, you know, we talked about earlier understanding like black men, I can speak because I'm a black queer man. I like the word man. I identify with very queer, very Nico. Um, he's cute. <laughs> Sorry, my brain went somewhere else. But I let go. <laughs> bring it back. Yeah. But I identify with being a man. Because I, I like the word. And something about that is I had to then accept that there's a weight to identify with being a man, honoring your truth, and then what men have done in the world. And white women are very good at knowing what men have done in the world. And then they're very good at knowing, remembering the fear of black men. And I say this because my, the analytics on my social media are, I reach a lot of white women. And I love that. Because I just love people. And I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I still do. <laughs> Wait, this is, this is just, you know, we, we ally with the energy that builds destiny and builds fate so we create our experience. And something that I look at is, if these are the people coming to me for lessons, somewhere along the way, where they felt safe was beside a Black woman or a Black man. Now, the issues with America is slavery set a lot of y'all up to feel safe with certain aspects of yourself, but not all of yourself. And then the safe was one way. It was one way directed. It's one way directed. So I'm going to offer, is it okay if I offer some? You can offer whatever you'd like. Some directives, like things like people can do. I was going to ask. I know, but... The asking, the asking is so, what I would offer is instead of asking your black friend or your, your targeted black influencer, someone you're like, your inner body says, I need to help this person or I need to learn from them. I'm sorry, because we didn't get to help yet. None of you have asked that. <laughs> you asked, how can I be an ally? You open it with that. And the intention behind it is you want to be helpful. Don't do that. Instead say, what are black businesses that I can immediately follow? What are, who are black authors or writers that I'm very certain I haven't read? And I don't mean books like Leila Saad's Mean White Supremacy. I don't mean... Um, so you want to talk about race? Do you want to talk about race? I don't mean um, Blair Imani did a, a history book. It's a beautiful book. The name's blanking on me, but it's her newest book. I don't mean just their literature, but definitely go and find their literature. What I mean is who on this easy phone platform is doing showing up and can without bombarding them. So don't, if I give you the referral, don't slip in their DMs. Watch them the same way with the same expectation 
that Maluma won't DM you back because you're assuming no blue check, whatever, God will get you through. You can get an immediate response. You need to treat all random black people you're asking because y'all aren't asking your friends because you wouldn't have to ask random black people. You would just ask your friends. If you just ask them who, who they'll, will give you the answer. If you don't feel comfortable asking who, do the creepy spy shit you've been doing and just look through the follower account. And then leave a comment. Here's what y'all could do. You can leave a comment on their page and be like, I found you through Leo Rising. No, actually, hold on. Cut that. Cut that. You can go through and leave supportive comments, retweet. You can figure out the phone numbers. You can call. There's so many numbers right now for bailing out protesters. Understand that protesters are not violent people. And even if they have some anger to them, it's a rightful anger. But all they're really doing is putting their physical body in medical. Everyone outside right now is putting their body in medical danger, but whatever. Yeah. Medical danger. Yeah. Because someone like me, the empath that I am, I'm not going outside for that. I will faint. Not out of fear. I will be overloaded with electric charge. I am not interested. If I'm not going there to literally call lightning down from the sky, I'm not, I'm, there's no reason. But someone's karma is they need to know what it's like to march in place and, and handle that. That is, a, that is a call to divine action. Have respect for those people. Y'all want to write people? You want to slip in DMs? Do you mind if I name product names? Okay. Message Goop. Where are the black people on Goop? They have that one girl. She's wonderful. We're, go on Goop's thing. Tag Goop on people that you respect. Avoid the blue check people. You know that there are people who deserve, who have wisdom, not deserve, but have stuff to share. Yeah. Tag them in your favorite thing. I'm just like, it just, it's it totally remiss to me that people don't know how to pay it forward. People don't know how to, what to do with their actions when their emotions are evolved. It's like, you like Netflix, you know, a dope black actress swarm the page with her. Right. She's not working right now. Right. Watch all of her stuff. Leave a nice review. Like allyship is this, it's, it's fandom to a very tincture of a level. It's honorable and loyal fandom. And then it's, it's just this, it's the same relationship. Now, and I say that because the word ally, I don't have to call the white people or other race people that are really in my life. I never have to fucking call them an ally. I don't have to put war language on this relationship. They are my friend. And social media has got everybody messed up with how fast they can become friends with somebody. So there's that. And now it's like, I just want one black person to approve of me so I can put hashtag ally. Ooh, uh, uh, Take your time. This is a relationship. You have to be made for this because to really be allied with black people who are, I don't like speaking danger over black people, but we have a history and we're dealing with a present perpetuated by the current president that it gets violent if we say, actually, I don't agree. 
we all watched him be violent with that wonderful reporter who simply just fact-checked him in a very polite way. He was extremely violent. Violent is not just, um, what is it, AR-15? AR-15, yeah. Violence is an AR-15. Violence isn't, God forbid, stepping on someone's neck. It's not only that. Violence is your choosing to look away. Violence is your, your, your ableism to your racist-ass boyfriends and racist girlfriends. I have a friend whom I did a wonderful act of kindness for, and their significant other said something that was like, I'm going to say like passive-passive aggressive. It was up to me to decide what I was going to do with that. And I was like, well, we have to stay six distance, six feet away. So I'm just going to go. Because right. I'm uh, not all teachable moments need to be lectures. So I was thinking about violence uh, as an experience culturally. So not just with Black people, but with everyone on the planet at the moment. Yeah. And then how there's this moment with potential allies of explaining to them how they contribute to violence or how they are violent. And so violence is harm against, and violence is words, actions, or inactions that activate another's nervous system to experience a reminder of pain. And what can occur uh, with non- verbal communication between an at-risk to be um, an an at-risk to be accused, an at-risk to be uh, evaded Black person via a white group is the fight or flight turns inward. Like in my body, if I walk into a white space and those white people live successfully with prejudice it's like my fight or flight function turns inward and i'm paralyzed so i can't move which is why it's become such a um dangerous mantra when black lives are taken i can't breathe because it's like the hex the spell is get them to not be able to even be inspired to do anything else and the weaponization that is violent that exists within white social groups is the man is strong, the elder is smarter than you and closer to racism and segregation. The girl, the woman is unattainable and your presence activates something in the sacral chakra that should put them in immediate danger. Um, Nothing is scarier than, I think her name is Amy Cooper, the woman who finally got caught. Like, I mean, that's normal. Right. And that's scary that that's normal. Like watching that video between A. Cooper and Christian Cooper and knowing that that's actually happened at every stage of, that's happened at the yoga studio we both worked at. Right. Where someone has literally looked me in my face, claimed something was going on that did not happen. And if it wasn't for the Latinx maintenance man who was like, Leo didn't do that shit. I mean, luckily, everyone who happened to work there did not, like, they already knew, but it's like, that tactic is normalized. Like, that is violent. That suspension of disbelief. And I guarantee you, she's never acted a day in her life. Like, all she does is, like, that's deliberately disassociative. Like, she knows she has that in her pocket. Those those things are violent. Um, Correcting Black people on how to mourn, how to grieve each other. Violent. That's psychologically violent. Completely. 
And it's disciplinary. Like you're not my English teacher. Fuck you. Attacking, uh, I don't even like the word Ebonics, but attacking chosen dialect, like how someone expresses as if it's wrong, but then feeling elevated when any dialect of, of British comes out your way or like some French man is flirting with you and struggling. I was talking to a white person about that the other day. I'm like, it's like you going to Italy and being like, you should be fucking speaking English. It's like, no, they're Italian. Like, no, I'm going <laughs> to speak whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. They can speak whatever they want. Like, they speak just speak i'm not going to tell you how to speak it's weird and people they they feel justified with that and in i mean that's a whole other section but like that's the uncomfortability even, piece that's the it, uncomfortability piece. it's because you know what happens like let's take it to chakras if you let someone's speech be authentic you have to accept the truth of them and you don't want to accept that someone's valid you pretend they don't have a fifth chakra that works in my yoga teacher journey, an evolution for me, and it's also on my needle chart, I don't mind, but an evolution for me was that people are going to have to learn to listen to me. And I have to psychologically and spiritually never get tired in my approach. So I was like, here's something, because I, I believe in higher power. So I'm like, this shit is written for me that it's complicated. And so what did I learn to do? I learned to obey nonverbals. I learned to always offer healing through nonverbals. I learned that there's nothing wrong with my tone, my pitch, my tongue placement, um, my more than occasional cussing, that all that tone policing is a lie. All that code switching is absolutely fine. I can communicate however I'm comfortable. That code switching is more than black trying to sound white to survive and it has everything to do with what moment in my life brought me the most um, emotional recollection? So then I shift into that. I shift into that timestamp of a moment. It has nothing to do. Well, it's being used to survive, but it has nothing to do with making the other person comfortable. And everything to do with saying I'm comfortable. Okay. This is where I'm. I'm going to resonate my voice from. And in teaching yoga, it was this moment of like. <sighs> 74th Street, 6 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, there were a group of elder, privileged white people that kept saying I was either yelling at them, playing rap music, which I would never play at 6.30 in the morning, even in my own life. Um, and and um, that my demeanor was harsh. They were not telling the truth. I was doing a restorative, if not like very slow-paced morning, morning class experience. They were not telling the truth. But they also couldn't speak with just me because they wanted the reactive tone. And I was giving them not my job discipline. I was giving them the grace of the teacher who just wanted to keep adapting. When you take certain jobs, certain life choice, certain life careers, you're an adapter. Like there's nothing wrong with shifting for if it's going to help someone and you genuinely are a healer. Like you're like, I'm going to shift as much as I can. And then I'm going to tell you I'm not the one for you. Right. And it was just got to that place where it wasn't the one. And I remember being transitioned from that because I was transitioned for being black. I wasn't replaced with another black person. I was, they got something they were comfortable with. They got a, a white woman they were comfortable with. And they will never say, I just want a white woman because that's what I'm comfortable with. Right. Some brand, it's like they interview, 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 and then they hire like a gorgeous 
but it's just another jacked up white man. Well, that's our demographic. That's our market. I was like, well, we have the same market. Um, you're just unaware <laughs> that everyone that you have is also paying attention to me, but no one's thinking about that. Black people love white people. Y'all are everywhere in the media. We don't dislike you. It's never in our mind that like, we can't be inspired by something that you've offered. Carolyn, we just talked about Carolyn Lee. It's never been in my mind that I'm not going to listen to her because she's a white woman, but it has been in my mind that her experience with energy and psychology is limited to the, the platform of dealing with white people who can afford her. Right. And they can afford her because she's declaring what her worth is. That's great. I'm not going to touch that, but it's also a matter of where's your black protege? Where's your, your, your um, authentic indigenous native protege? Who, where are they? Right. It's, I, I feel a little bad for that, but I think she needs to hear that. So that's fine. I don't feel bad for that. Look, she can take it. Girl, that girl dishes in a way that is. She's a wonderful leader. She's a wonderful teacher. And I think it's really about the trickle down of what some people are missing from some people that get it right. Yeah. And, and less about what she didn't do, right? It's about, she's in her power. She's in her middle pillar. And it just so happens that something about that language doesn't allow for many people of color to, to view that they can be there. And that's coming, that's coming from her audience who still has prejudices that are unworked. What do you wish, and this is a selfish question for the audience. So if you don't feel like answering it, I hope you don't do it. Um, <laughs> what do you wish white people knew? Well, if we're going to be selfish, is there something you wish you knew from my experience? As my friend, what's missing that you don't feel like you know? And can you prepare your heart? I mean, I think deliberate experience is something I but I don't know if I can know that. What, what do you mean by deliberate experience? Like, be, like I'm white. Like I, I, can, I can see it. I see you. I understand the best that I can, but deliberate experience, like I will never know what it feels like to be black. No, you won't. And that's what I'm saying. Like experience itself, I will never. But will that's never. not wanting to know something. That's, I mean, that's, that's a silly thing to want to know because you'll just never know that. Unless right. reincarnation turns out to be a thing and you're obsessive about it with your new soul contract. Like, you right. won't know. Um, so. <laughs> Maybe next lifetime. <laughs> That's so, the first thing that came to my head that I would want to, like, I wish I could feel into that so I could better understand. What would happen? So, th- wait, let's work this out. What do you feel you would get out of feeling into that? A better... A I don't know if this is true. I just, this is kind of what came to mind is just a better level of understanding and a better level. And that better level of understanding would help me show up. Wow. Um, free yourself of that because we can't give that to you. I can't give that to you. And this is, I don't really give a lot of opinions, but someone else will probably um, be able to, is cooperate the word, like really support, we'll be able to cooperate some more eloquence to it. I don't think understanding is something white people will ever get from black people. You're all going to get understanding from, the understanding you get is like, hey mom, hey dad, that fear you have about, you know, 
white people and that about black people and that position you have about Mexican people being the gardener or whatever, like those things you can get understanding on. But my cultural experience as to why your people have caused me pain, is not something you can step into my body. I really hope there's not a script for that in existence where someone thinks that that's like some fantastical fantastical story that needs to be told. Like that's white saviorism at its most worst. Like yeah. that's just not something any anybody should want. Fucking right. What do you do with that information? Right? Like, that's not... And that's also not how the... Hi, Hugo. He was just, you guys don't know. She just disarmed me with Hugo. Um, <laughs> he was ready not, to explode. That's not how the Claire... That's not how the Claire um, psychic gifts to heal work. Like... Yeah. Some of my greatest teachers in those arts... I'm going to take it to metaphysical. My greatest teachers in those arts have been... One, two, three, three black women, a white Australian man, a a New York white Italian woman who's new and a Puerto Rican woman who spoke no English. Those have been my greatest teachers and my greatest teachers without problematic behavior. (laughs) Thank you, Hugo, for that noise. (laughs) Um, those are my greatest teachers and they can't, they can't get in my body and do that. And so they, all they can do is look at the basic, whatever basic human and psychological and human emotion uh, processing skills that you have. If you're not applying those skills to have empathy towards black people, because you think that there's something not human about black people, or there's something not, not you, but I mean, yeah. if you just, the only reason you would want to explore it further is for some reason there's conditioning in your brain. That's not your soul, but a conditioning in your brain that says this has to be so different because I still don't get it. And that's why I think there's like some weird curse. Like it's really deep conditioning. Cause I'm like, why the, this, like you have all these skills. Why, when it comes to a black person, can these skills not be applied? But then you come to black people for your healing, for your therapy, for your comprehension, for your massages, for your acupuncture, for so many things. It so apparently doesn't work both ways. And I can't, I can't prescribe to that because I have white teachers that I've also never asked that question. No black person has ever been. I mean, there are people who have some deep issues where they, it, the racism effect has them doing horrible things to their skin and just trying to phase out blackness. It's like a major cultural issue um, in, a, in and of itself. But me personally, I've never wanted to be white and I've never wanted to understand the white experience. I might've wanted like a yacht. Okay, I still want a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is, baby. Right, but I like, I don't want, I'm not trying to, to get, that a different I'm not trying to get that experience or I wouldn't I wouldn't feel that that, that experience is gonna do anything. That's yeah. not that's not the approach. It's yeah. you really have to look at in yourself why you are saying to yourself you're incapable of going as far as you can. Cause that because the, the other side of it is like is it a super super person complex where you think then with white other white people you get it. Mm. exactly you would never say that to your clients that are white you'd never feel like you got it with them and you wouldn't stress yourself out about not getting it and so the way you can not let yourself off of but definitely correct yourself in the approach to allyship is yes this experience is 
way out of your living league, but the skills you have allow you to partner and collaborate yeah. and just view the black people as human, as mortals, deserving of things. If you have it, they should have it. If you want it, they should know that it's a thing they can want. If you're blocking it and you're tired of being the white person who's like, I've been blocking this because someone in my family told me I had to, step the fuck aside. If you want to rest and nobody's, well, this, this, is, this gets interesting because nobody is ever wants seconds, but it's like, if you want to rest and you want to promote someone, look at the, look at the disparities, look at the, the analytics of, because again, y'all, y'all love numbers and, and intelligence. Intelligence is gorgeous, but look at what's there and say, hey, Lululemon. I mean, they're doing a pretty good job, but hey, Lululemon, like you are missing this. Here's six people you should look at. Because it's not about that's that's the understanding that it's like my white friends have taken care of their white homegirls. My white friends have also blocked their Asian girls. I've seen that. I'm gonna keep it to black people because that's my experience, but I've seen people play the shit out of other races. And it's like it's because you're playing into a white supremacist competitive lane that says that just because you're this thing, you will succeed. And it's not fair to you because you don't reach your full potential if you're snuffing people out before you can, before you notice if they're, I mean, let's take it there. Some people like competition. Okay. Well, be, uh, bring on and be around those who are equal to, if they're scaring you, don't harm them. Don't kill them. Don't block them. Grow. Exactly. Well, that's the, that's the power over mentality again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't have you around because if you're more powerful than me, then that means I'm less powerful. We won't know if, they're, if, we, don't, if we block it. Exactly. So you don't know unless it's there. And it's a weird thing to say out loud, but it's a, it's a true thing when you look at it. It's like at some point in evolution, there was a moment where there was a lot of borrowed and stolen and looted information. And there's only one reigning group presently that survived all that. And they're petrified to maintain that. And the narrative is, no, 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 we help everybody else. And it's like, that's not what occurred. What occurred was there was a sharing of information. There was a collaboration inter interracial like kingdoms like there were just there was there was a point where the human experience was just aware of being mortal and spiritual spiritual then to become immortal and now there is this strain to be immortal and it looks a certain kind of way and it needs to exclude these people to maintain it a certain kind of way and that's not the divine order and that's not the order of the minerals of earth, the trees of earth, and or the people of earth. Like, we're not here to be at war with each other, and it's, that's exhausting. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. 
Um, once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, and also if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars, maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, all right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage. Stay savage.